Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. We're going to be in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. We're going to talk about going after God in a special way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring the illumination, the light, the understanding that we need so that we can easily grasp it, understand it, and apply it to our lives in very productive ways. We thank you now, Father, for the help of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Ezekiel 34, let's jump down to verse 25. I will make a covenant of peace with them. Peace is one of the greatest things that you can have uh, in life. Number one, uh, peace with God. In other words, sometimes we hear the saying, make your peace with God. In other words, get your life right. And that would begin with having Jesus in your life. And once he's in your life, you want to walk in his principles and the commandments of his word so that the peace can be sustained. God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land. I like how the Amplified Bible says predatory animals. That's what this is referring to. The wild beasts, the, the predatory animals, God says they will cease from the land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. So if you want to go to the wilderness, go down to the Negev, the desert area. Don't worry, you're not going to get eaten by a, uh, a lion hiding out in the desert. Uh, because they they were there. And you know, David killed a lion, David killed a bear. So there was a lot of um, predatory animals that were around in those days, but God's going to do some things so that you can go on a camping expedition and be safe. You can sleep in the woods and not be concerned about a bear coming into your tent and wanting to eat you up. Praise God. Well, today you want that covenant with God also enacted where it's in force, where these predatory animals that are in the earth today, probably, unfortunately, you know, they can get pretty close to us sometimes, but we can remain protected, shielded, and all of those, our children, grandchildren under our umbrella of prayer covering can walk in protection from the predators. And if I'm correct, I, and I've seen the uh, st statistics on on maps before that those that are um, into pedio, uh, pedophiles, those are that are convicted child molesters and so forth. You know where they uh, prefer to live at? It's amazing when you look at a map of it, the statistics, they prefer to live as close as they can to elementary schools. But my friends, God protects those that put him first and love him. And none of these predatory beasts are going to be able to get to you or your children or your grandchildren. Praise God. Protection from all of the wild beasts that are all over the land of America right now. Perverts and uh, uh, crazy people. Uh, you know, but God's protection is there. But we have to walk in wisdom because these predatory animals, they want to eat sheep. You know, a wolf. Or a, uh, a leopard would love to catch a little lamb or sheep. It's an easy target. And uh, you know, I had a, a prophet friend of mine. He was ministering at a church, 
I won't say where because it, it, it made a lot of news when it happened because it was kind of new. I wouldn't say new, but this was before it started to happen all over the place. But uh, this prophet friend of mine was ministering in a certain uh, Pentecostal church, very well-known church. And this was about, oh, maybe about 25 years ago. And he uh, told the pastor, he's, he said, hey, um, he said that young boy over there working in your um, in, in the department where you've got all the little kids, what they would call the daycare area. Um, uh, this was like a teenage boy, maybe like 16 or 17. The prophet said, you better watch that that young man, there's something really wrong with him. And he looks uh, like there's a spirit of perversion on him. And the pastor said, oh, no, there's something wrong with him. He go, And the prophet said, no, there is something wrong with him. And the pastor's wife said, no, there's nothing wrong with him. And the elder said, no, there's nothing wrong with him. The, the prophet said, I've warned you. And I know this, this prophet very well. I've seen him minister very, very accurate. It's mind-boggling that uh, a pastor would not give heed to something like that. Well, about nine months later, it all came out that this guy was molesting all of these little kids and uh, sexually, uh, you know, doing awful things to them. And the parents uh, brought a lawsuit against the church and easily won. It was a multi-million dollar uh, win for the parents. Rightfully so, the children were, you know, uh, it was awful what took place. But the prophet said, hey, that guy right there is a, that's a predatory animal right there. Watch out. I was doing a meeting years back in Cleveland, Ohio, and my wife and I noticed a woman there in in the uh, in these meetings attending uh, attending regularly, and we both knew instantly that person is a pervert, that person is a predator. Guard your children. Now, if it were me, I'd throw a nut like that out of my church. They're, they're not allowed. <laughs> you can go get. I, now, if you want to get delivered, I'm gonna pray. On, I'm gonna pray for you for deliverance. But you need to. You need to go somewhere else until you're completely healed and freed up, and you're strong in the Lord, because these things can really uh, get into people with very deceptive natures. So I was doing this conference, and I told the conference host, I said, hey, that woman over there, you better keep your eye on her. That person is a predator of children. And she laughed and said, oh, no, so-and-so is a good friend of ours. We, we trust her. I said, if you can't see what's on her, I'm not quite sure what else to say to you. And my wife and I both warned them. We warned, we warned the person overseeing the conference. We warned other guest ministers that were in the area that would attend, you know, like some of these meetings from time to time. I said, that lady right there is a very wicked person, and she's after children. They all laughed at me and my wife. These are full-grown adults that laughed at me and my wife. Well, I finished my meetings on the way as my wife and I were leaving the conference. We saw that woman standing. Look, I, I saw her with my own eyes. I'm an eyewitness. I saw her with my own eyes standing, looking through a glass window at the little children playing in the play area. She had both of her hands down in her pants, touching herself, and you could see the gears turning. What can I do to get to them? All of those people we talked to were about as dense as a brick. And uh, my friends, that's not going to be your testimony. What has happened is the church has had to wake up because the church has realized that the predators are trying to get in to get to the most precious of the sheep, the little children. Amen. So you have to guard them. And that's why 
It's, it's somebody might say, well, uh, why do I have to fill out all, all these forms? Because we want to know who's working with the little kids. <laughs> we want to know, are you a sex offender? And we're going to check your background. Why? You have to nowadays. <laughs> this is not the 1940s, folks, anymore. <laughs> this is the time where the enemy on purpose wants to get in and do awful things, but it's not going to happen on your watch. It's not going to happen in our lives. It's not going to happen to our kids or our, grand, or our grandkids. God's protection is there. And when you see something, speak up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because one thing the devil hates, he hates light. He hates being, uh, uh, you know, like uh, revealed for who he really is. Now, all you can do is do your best. And if somebody else is uh, not willing to listen, at least you warned. You know, it kind of reminds me of the time... Um, because I used to belong to this one ministerial association, good, good ministers, good, good guys, but not a lot of praying going on. Whole lot of uh, socializing and fellowshipping, but not a lot of praying going on. <laughs> and I remember one of the wives of one of the pastors, very well-known pastor. Uh, this pastor, you know, it's normal Sunday morning, and people come in. Sometimes you know, new people come in, and this one man came in. And uh, said, hey, you know, uh, can you pray for me? I've had a rough night. And the pastor said, yeah, I'll pray for you, buddy. And, you know, had never met him before and stuff like that. Everything will be okay. Patting him on the back. And, uh, you know, pastor goes on about his business. And his wife came up to him and said, that man that just came in, there's something terribly, terribly wrong here. Terribly, terribly wrong. And the pastor said, oh, no, he's just a visitor. You know, he'll be, he's just a nice guy. He just needs to be loved on a little bit. And his wife said, no, uh, something is really, really wrong here. Yeah, something was really wrong. He just murdered somebody in cold blood. And the pastor couldn't pick it up. He couldn't pick it up for nothing. If you give, if you'd have said, "I'll give you ten million dollars if you could pick up the murderer in the church." The murderer? There's a murderer? Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't have picked it up. <laughs> it's sad. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be laughing, but, uh, but I'm just trying to say, my friends, that. Uh, you're going to have to be on your toes in the last days. God's going to pour out blessings like you wouldn't believe. And at the same time, um, it's not so much that demons are like multiplying, just coming up out of the pit, you know, multiplying by millions overnight. It's not so much that as, as it is that you could have more people becoming uh, born again, but they're stuck like in an infancy level and they are not getting equipped the way God wants them to be because they're sitting in church and the pastors are playing it so safe that uh, that they're afraid that the, if they even remove the latte bar out of the church, the whole church could collapse. They're going to lose their whole membership. <laughs> so it's so much fluff and puff. But uh, And that's also where predators want to go. But I'm telling you, God will give you holy protection. Amen. You could sleep in the woods if you had to, because God would be with you. You could have your car break down in the worst ghetto of America. By the way, if you're watching from another country, we do have ghettos in America. I know sometimes people look at TV and they see America from other, and they, they think every, everything in America is perfect. <laughs> well, uh, no, not really, which is why you need a covenant of peace. So you can dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. I like that. Showers of blessing. Showers all around where you live at. God's blessing and goodness being demonstrated upon your life. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. Do you ever realize that creation 
gets in harmony with God. And sin, sin uh, sends what we would call like ripples, but it's not like a little ripple. It's more like earthquake shock effects that go throughout the earth because of all of the sins that are taking place, which is why when the devil is bound for a thousand years and he's put in the bottomless pit, then there's going to be a ceasing of all of that because it's not like men now are really inspired to go out and do evil. Why? The devil has been chained and bound. And suddenly the weather will begin to cooperate and everything will be uh, the way it's supposed to be. And the earth, again, will be in harmony with God, the sons of God, and things will be going very smoothly. They shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. God wants you free, totally. Woo, glory to God. God wants you absolutely, completely free. No addictions, no bondages, no uh, yucky this or that. God wants you totally free. He's going to take you there. He's going to take you to the land of complete freedom. Glory to God. I was raised in many ways. It was not verbally stated, although some did off the record, that I was raised in a sense like you could never really, uh, you know, be pure in the sense where you're free from some of these little yucky things that we all do. Well, that, that's the kind of the attitude. And I've, I've had people, you know, outside of the pulpit, some ministerial people say, well, uh, we all have our besetting sins now, don't we, brother? <laughs> in other words, you know, like, uh, you know, whether it's smoking or whether it's something else, they, they say, well, you know, we all have our things. No, you don't have to have your thing. You don't have to have some kind of secret drug that you and the, that you're getting from the devil. I'm not talking about perhaps narcotics. I'm kind of, or it could be that, uh, you know, some preachers actually get tangled up in stuff like that. But uh, it could be that there's some other thing that the enemy says, hey, you need this to be happy. You need the, this to be, to be content. That's kind of what drugs say to people. Hey, you need, you need this in order to maintain your high or whatever it is, okay? But no, you don't. You don't need any of the devil's drugs. And, it, and matter of fact, that's what's killing you. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. Jesus is working right now, setting those that are held by something. He's setting you free right now. Just say this. Say, I don't need the devil's drugs, mm, whatever that drug might be, okay? Uh, impure magazines, things you're looking at with your eyes that you shouldn't be looking at, uh, cheating, uh, fraudulent behavior. No, you don't need any of that. You don't need any of the devil's tricks, gimmicks, or drugs. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-mm. Okay, verse 28, and they shall no longer be a prey for the nations. You're not going to be a prey for the enemy. You're not, like a, you're not like a pushover for the enemy by any means. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I like what one of the um, uh, Israeli uh, leaders said uh, a few years back. He said, well, he said, you know, we had so many people taken out through the Holocaust, but he said, no nation is ever going to take us out ever again. And if they try, there's going to be a whole bunch of them go down with us. <laughs> hint, hint, we have nuclear weapons and we'll use them. <laughs> We're not going to sit back while we get slaughtered. That's never, ever going to happen again. And it's not. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now, 
And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. I will raise up for them. Now listen to this. This is what God is doing in very uh, interesting times in which we're living. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land. Well, you have your own garden. You're certainly not going to die of uh, starvation, are you? And it says, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Let me read this in the Amplified. This is a, this is a very powerful verse. And I think for some of you, it's, it's probably prophetic also. I will prepare for them a place renowned for planting crops. Is that not modern day Israel? And should that not also be a reflection of how God also wants you well supplied and blessed? Praise the Lord. I will prepare for them a place renowned for planting crops, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land, and they will not endure the insults of the nations any longer. Praise God. Mm-mm. Israel leads the world in agricultural technology. They're doing a lot of new things now that um, I think that's pretty neat, especially with using drones to gather the information by flying over the crops and doing things uh, that are a lot more accurate instead of just, you know, like a farmer back in the olden days, a hundred years ago, sticking his finger in the dirt and trying to sense if there's enough moisture in the ground. Now, if you were a professional farmer, there was a place you could actually do that. You know, you could put your finger in the ground and you could sense certain things, but you know, science can get a lot more accurate because maybe you hit your fingernail with a hammer and your finger's not being very sensitive when you stick it in the ground. Maybe it's not a good thing to do. But my friends, God can cause us to be very productive, even in these areas, as it says here, a garden of renown. You're never going to be hungry. Glory to God. I do think that 2025 will be a very challenging year. I think it's I've, I've, I think it's going to be, be a very perplexing year, and I'm not saying that I'm stocking up food, but uh, perhaps as we get closer to 2025, I do think that we need to have our, uh, our, our things in order of how God wants us to function and how he wants us to be structured. And who knows? Maybe God wants you to have a garden or a, uh, a surplus area, praise God, so that uh, should something happen, then you can just go into your little surplus area and pull something out. And if there's others that are out there starving, you can pray over what you have and ask God to multiply it. Uh, bless it. Amen. Feed others that are in need. But at least you and uh, those that are with you, you can be okay. It could be that the Lord would lead along that line. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear their shame of the Gentiles anymore. Praise God. We do know that many of these evil diabolical uh, elites of the world do want to control the world food supply, and they certainly want to contaminate it. It is amazing all the um, artificial stuff that they put in the things. I I went to a a restaurant the other day, and I ordered a tuna sandwich, and I asked for some cheese uh, on it, and the man said, what kind of cheese would you like? American cheese or Swiss. 
I said, I would like the Swiss cheese because that's real cheese. And he laughed. He said, yep. He said, the American cheese is total, it's just, it's just synthetic material. <laughs> I said, no, it's not even cheese. He said, I know. It's just oil and water and some other stuff that's mixed in there. It's just created out of a laboratory. Oh, anyhow, praise the Lord. So God's going to help us to eat the good of the land. These are just things that we need to be aware of. While primarily we're after souls about the Lord's business, we do need to know these types of things. Verse 30, thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And that's big. Knowing that God is with you and others that are outsiders, knowing that, wow, that's, that's very important. Things can turn just like this. It can look like evil is having a heyday. It can look like people are getting away with corruption. And it may look like that. There are up to this point, those that are doing things, when you, I'm talking about leaders and stuff like that, but it's not going to last forever. Um, eventually, there are consequences. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. So sin never lifts up. Sin can give temporary shortcuts to success, but there comes a payday. There, there comes wages that you receive from doing sinful things. What are those wages? Death, spiritual death. And usually it expedites physical death as well. But righteousness is what lifts us. It is what will lift a nation. Praise God. We'll continue to pray for America. Those of you that live in other countries, pray for your nation. Pray for your leaders. Even if they're wicked people, pray for them that even if they don't know it, that God would work through them for good, <laughs> that maybe they'll do some things not even understanding what they would be doing, but it could have good consequences. They certainly understand what they're doing when they're doing wicked things, but we pray that God would also work through them, give them wisdom to do good, even if they don't understand why they are implementing certain procedures. Praise God. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. Praise the Lord. Well, we see these incredible blessings of peace, uh, prosperity with showers of blessing come down, uh, safety, protection. Uh, 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 even if there's famine, you're, you're well fed. You've got your own, uh, here it shows that you have your own garden of renown. You must be growing some heirloom tomatoes, not just these tomatoes that they have in the grocery store that actually they have no flavor. <laughs> they, don't even, uh, they have no flavor. They're like uh, inflated with gas and things like that. Weird stuff. Amen. Well, I grew up on a, a farm when I was a little boy, and I didn't really realize, I, I do now looking back, but when I was young, I didn't realize that everything that we're eating is organic. <laughs> Now, if you go to like the Whole Foods or somewhere like that, the food, you know, can be, can get pretty pricey pretty quick because they want it to be all organic and super healthy. And here I was living out uh, in, in the woods with my parents and my grandparents close by, and they had created this little garden, and then it made the garden larger, and everything in there was really good. And it, I mean, you could eat tomatoes that were full flavor. Uh, we didn't even know what heirloom stuff was, but that's what we were eating. You could eat strawberries that were so strong that kind of, kind of made your lips buzz in a good way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You'd have a cantaloupe and you slice it fresh and put a little salt and pepper, but sit, sit on the tailgate of a pickup truck. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Amen. But my friends, God is going to bless you and take real good care of you. This is actually one of these elements of God receiving you and actually uh, being a father to you. But 
let's look at some of the requirements that God expects of us in order to receive such uh, fatherly care, such preferential treatment. Because trust me, in the last days, there will be a distinct difference between those that serve God and those that don't. You better believe it. You better believe it. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! There's always a payday for those that do wicked. There is always a payday. Yes, when the person dies, absolutely the ultimate payday of going to hell. <laughs> Woo! But even, even on this earth, there are consequences that must be felt. Second Corinthians, please. Chapter 6. Let's go to uh, verse 14. We're talking about going after God in a special way, and you're going to see some very special blessings in your life. Praise the Lord. Chapter 6, verse 14. Do not, you know when the Lord says do not, if you, if you try to do it your own thing. Well, I don't really agree with that, Pastor Stephen. Or Pastor Stephen, my, my circumstances are different. I can get away with it. You're not going to get away with anything. If you directly disobey Scripture, oh, no, bite you so hard. Woo! Woo! Oh my! Glory to God. May the Lord have mercy on those uh, that would know what is right to do and then do the exact opposite. Maybe because they just want it to um, satisfy a certain thing or maybe felt rushed. And often that's when we make mistakes is when we feel rushed. But uh, again, verse 14 do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So here we have a mandate not to get yoked with. Now, it doesn't say you can't be around them. Of course, we have to be around unbelievers and so forth because we're in the world. We can't get off the planet. We don't need to. We're supposed to be here and be salt and light and witness for Jesus. But my friends, when you have these... Um, uh, partnerships and you get yoked up with an unbeliever, I tell you what, it's not going to turn out good. And it is nothing but problems. It is nothing but distress, um, inner turmoil and agony out of situations that are caused by unequal yokes. I've seen it many times with businessmen that will, uh, like a Christian businessman or Christian businesswoman goes into business with an unbeliever. The unbeliever has a certain vision, a certain direction that even if you both agree with, it's still going to be very different because the spirit is very different. And those that have done it, I've always seen that it never turns out good. There's going to be uh, strong disagreements and there's going to be uh, a disunity. Or the Christian is going to compromise and is going to go off in the wrong direction. The same thing can happen with a believer marrying an unbeliever. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you don't understand. My case is different. I'm going to win them to the Lord. Well, um, if you know what the Word says and you do that, uh, it, uh, even if that person does get saved, there's still going to be something a consequence there because there's a, you're unequally yoked. You're an, you're unequally yoked. Sometimes I see women that really want to get married real bad, and maybe they haven't met the man that God has for them. So they go and uh, 
rushed into a marriage with, maybe the guy is not a sinner, but he's a real, maybe the best word is like fake believer. And then they get married and realize, yeah, he doesn't really have it after all. So even if he is a Christian, he has no desire to serve God. Uh, he does want to serve sports. So all he wants to do is watch TV. He doesn't want to go to church. Now you have children eventually, and he doesn't care if the kids stay home with him and uh, never go to church or anything like that. So you have very difficult consequences. Now, there can be grace, of course, when there's repentance. And we realize, wow, Lord, you really meant what you said. And you know what? God's grace will come in and will begin to work. But let's try to do it best, preferably up front. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall be my people. Did you ever stop to think of how different you really are because you belong to God? You know, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We are pilgrims passing through. Yes, enjoy what God gives to you. God gives you land. Yes, you're the owner of that land. And at the same time, we're still only here for a brief period of time. Let's always remember that we are pilgrims passing through and have the Lord and have heaven on our mind. Verse 17, therefore, in other words, therefore, because we are special, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and watch this, and I will receive you. Now, most biblical scholars believe that this is a quote from Isaiah 52, verse 11. And the context there would be the remnant coming out of Babylon. In context, it's referring to the priest and the Levites and they're going to Jerusalem to serve the Lord. So we have the, the phrase or the statement, come out from among them, come out from Babylon or the Babylonian system. Hmm, praise the Lord. See, you, you as a believer can come out of the bar. It's not like you go to the bar and get drunk anymore. You've come out of the bar, but you still listen to the barroom music. Ooh, ooh, careful. Don't, don't turn me off just because I'm talking to some of you one-on-one -on -one right here. Yes, you don't go to the bar anymore because you don't want to be an alcoholic and uh, you want to live for Jesus, but you still listen to the same music that you did that they, or that they play in the bar. <laughs> Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Well, hold on, Pastor Stephen. I thought that when I became a Christian, God received me. He, he did. You are now a child of God. But if you want God to receive you in the sense where you are receiving his benefits and he's actually acting as a father in your life because you're allowing him to because of your obedience, that's a total different story. That is a total different world where God is actually acting on your behalf as your father. Wow, because there's a lot of blockage in a lot of Christians that God can't. Why? There is defilement. Mm -mm. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. 
What do you want today? You want God to receive you so you could receive all the benefits of the Almighty God, your Father, operating in your life. Mm. Woo! Hallelujah. Wow. Crazy, crazy things today. Crazy things today. Um, I'm just thinking of some statements I've heard before. Um, it seems like over the last decade, the bar uh, or the standard of the Christian faith has gotten lower and lower and lower and lower. And now some in the church are willing to let anybody come in and say, you're one of us now. Uh, well, that's not in agreement with God's word. And so now the bar has been so lowered, you can come in living like a pig and they'll say, welcome, welcome to church. We're going to make you a member. God loves you just the way you are. Well, he does love you, but he cannot accept you if you're practicing sin. Now, if you want to repent, okay, and get your life right with God, then you're welcome. But the church, the church means this is the assembly of those that are called out. These are the ones that are set apart. These are the ones who are holy. Because if you don't have holiness, what else really do you have? If you get, a, if you get away from purity and holiness and righteousness, what are you having? Like a, a Rotary Club meeting? <laughs> this is the Elks Lodge meeting. <laughs> Glory to God. So that's the trademark of the Christian identity is your faith in God. Yes, but it produces holiness and purity in your life. Because you know the sinners don't have that. No, they don't want anything to do with that. Anything that feels good is good, stimulating to the flesh. That's what they're going to go after. They have no interest in holiness. Praise the Lord. So I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. But my friends, notice that God placed conditions upon that. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. So you do have to give attention to personal consecration. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1 of chapter 7, therefore having these promises, oh, the promises, I'm telling you, they are good. God is a really good father. He really is. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord wants us to walk in. And be careful of yoking up with friendships or relationships where your best friend is a sinner. Watch out. Danger, danger, danger. Because what will happen is you're going to end up getting defiled because they, they're going to go out and watch a movie that's full of gore and horror and violence and uh, nakedness. And they're going to watch that and enjoy the whole movie. And you watch, if you go out because that's your friend or that's your, your buddy group, you go out and watch that, you will defile yourself. And you, you can sense it too. You got slimed. Well, there's grace, Pastor Stephen. Yes, but there's also this element of 
that if you get away from that, he will receive you and thus you receive the benefits of obeying the father. And if you don't, and that's, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to get defiled. Why? Now, now the enemy is going to work against your, your conscience and you're going to feel condemned. And what happens when that's going on? You have no faith. <laughs> you have no faith for miracles and the power of God. You don't have faith for any of that. You're just like, God, I just want to make it to heaven. <laughs> you just want to get in by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> Woo! And that's what the enemy wants to, wants to do. He wants to strip away that confidence by getting you uh, in a polluted state. So take heed to yourself. Okay? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You perfect it. You get better at it as you go along in life. Usually when you cross the age of 70, you're not going to backslide. You're usually pretty much locked in. Sadly, most sinners, when they hit 70 and on, uh, we, we can get a few saved, but a lot of them, they're, they're, they're very loyal to the devil. They've been loyal for so long to the devil, they just ride out the rest of their life very loyal to the devil. Mm. We've had some old politicians, some of them just retired. They've been very loyal for decades of murdering little babies in the wombs of their mothers. The, don't think in the last few months of their life, they're suddenly going to change their minds and repent. No, they've been very faithful and loyal to Satan. And he's going to reward them real good when uh, he welcomes them to a very heated home. Mm -mm. Because that's certainly where they're going. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, when I checked earlier today, is still in the Bible. Let's go take a look at that one. I do know some preachers that are acting like it's not in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you, in other words, he's trying to explain what he meant, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Wow. Anyone named a brother. That would certainly apply to a sister Christian as well, right? Okay. Not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous. I mean, these are so-called believers that are practicing these things. They're not repenting. They're not saying, yeah, I need to give this up. No, they're just going right along with it. And they're going to church while they're sleeping with somebody uh, that they're not married to, or they're, they're going to church and they're just, you know, in the full-blown covetous or whatever the case might be. And they don't care. They don't plan on stopping it. But now I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person, not even to eat with such a person. So why would you go out and have a meal with a so-called Christian brother who's actually living in adultery, who is actually sleeping around with different women? Why would you go out and eat with a person like that? Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I, I just love their personality. I, I just love them. But see, they're operating under a spirit of disobedience. And God says, don't even have a meal with them. Don't have a meal with them. Mm -mm. Wow. Praise the Lord.
I know I'm thinking right now one particular pastor I know that he has somebody doing all of his media for him who is a woman who is living with a man. They're not married and they're having sexual relations together. I'm sure pretty often because they're living together. And, uh, but the pastor feels like he's in a bind because he can't find anybody else or can't afford the extra to hire somebody to run the media. So he allows this person to run the media, sit behind the camera while he preaches that you need to live a life that's pleasing to God. And yet he's compromising in these areas. Why? He's, he's got to keep the media going. Look, just, just shut the whole thing down. Who cares? Do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Don't let the devil try to uh, put you into a place where he's going to pressure you and say, well, see, you're going to have to take uh, that dirty money or you're going to have to put up with this or else you can't do it. No, no, we'll just shut it down. If it comes to that, we will shut it down. There are scriptures in the Bible. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, do not take the wages of a prostitute. Well, Pastor Stephen, every dime counts, not that dime. And if we're that desperate where we have to have a prostitute giving money in the offering, no. Oh, okay, we need to all go out and get a different job, okay? But no, no, no. We're not doing stuff like this, like as if we're condoning that. It's okay. It's not okay. And it says you will not receive an offering from such a person when they're practicing this and doing this and stuff like that. No. The wealth of the wicked laid up and the transfer, yeah, that, that, that's something that's going to happen, but it will be done in a way where it's not polluting or defiling the church. You better believe we're not going to bow or compromise on that. Mm -mm. I do have a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he's, he's an apostle, and he was conducting a conference one time, and it was time to receive the offerings. And these, uh, each person was going to give a very special offering. It was something that had been planned for quite some time. And they're sowing a very special seed. And this one man came up. And, you know, the money's in an envelope. So he doesn't know what's in the money. The person would just put the envelope in their hand. He would receive it and release the blessing. And this one man came up and put the envelope in, in the hands of my friend. And uh he held, he told me, he said, Pastor Stephen, I held that envelope in my hand. And he said, I knew it wasn't right. And he said, he took the envelope and gave it back to the man and said, take back this offering. God won't receive it. Uh, it's, he said, you are not doing what God told you to do and you're being disobedient. God can't receive this offering. Well, he said that man blew up in a rage in front of everybody he said, what do you mean you can't receive this offering? That's a hundred thousand us dollars. He said, I don't care. My minister friend said, I don't care how much it is. He said, you can't buy God. You can't buy a blessing from God and gave him the, gave him the offering back. And the man left and, you know, huffing and puffing and mad stuff like that. He came back two weeks later to the man of God one-on-one -on -one and said, you know what? I, I really apologize. God has really dealt with me. And he said, I knew the moment you corrected me that I, I was already not, not, not doing what God wanted me to do. And he said, so I have now have brought the right offering. And um, he placed it in the hands of my friend, the man of God. So my friend held the offering in his hand and he said, no, it's still not right. And the man said, well, what's wrong with it now? He said, well, you have now finally bought, uh, have brought the right amount that God originally told you to bring, but you also owe the Lord interest for the, uh, for the time of disobedient 
uh, of disobedience that the money has been in during the interim of you getting it right. <laughs> so he went back and got the interest that was owed on it too. That, those things are in the Bible as well. Mm-mm. If you take the Lord's tithe, by the way, and uh, you go out and pay your electric bill with it, or you go out and uh, buy a new car with it, um, first of all, that that insurance policy of God that's supposed to be over your life for the tither, it's now off and you're wide open for the enemy to hit you. So it says in the word of God that if you pay the tithe back, now you owe it back with 20% interest. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's pretty high interest. Yeah, it'd be better just to give, give God the tithe up front because after all, it belongs to him anyhow. Mm-mm-mm-mm. These are all areas, all areas that we have to deal with and uh, sometimes, particularly like in larger churches, these things, and not, it's not that a pastor would be approving of it, but it's a lot easier for a lot of this uh, compromise to fly amongst the, amongst the, amongst the life of believers uh, or wannabe believers who aren't living right. My wife was getting uh, her teeth cleaned some time back and um, struck up a conversation with the uh, dental hygienist. And as often happens with my wife, uh, uh, women will begin to confess their sins to her because they find out she's a minister and because of the anointing in her life, it just starts coming out. And the lady says, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a lesbian and I, I'm uh, living with a woman. And she, my wife said, so, and you're doing this and you're going to church. She said, yeah. And so the woman that this, you know, the dental hygienist, this woman that she's with, this other woman actually has a child from a previous marriage, of course, with a man. So this woman's now single, has a child. And so you get two women living together and they got a little child with them and they're going to church. And so my wife says, uh, well, where do you go to church at? She goes, well, I go to this church in Charlotte, real big church. She said, do they know, do the elders or pastoral staff know that you two are, you know, living like this in the condition that you are, you know, lesbianism, sin, and all this. Do they know that? She goes, well, we do sit together in church, and sometimes we hold hands in church. And she goes, are they okay with that? She goes, well, I don't think they really know. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that if they did know, they would do something about it. In other words, if you're going to live in sin, you're not a Christian. And if you're practicing this, you can't be a member of our church. But that's a big crossroads that the American church is at right now, thinking, well, we'll just let whoever wants to come in. Well, what, what happens when uh, rapists want to come in? Well, you know, hey, if you're going to let them in, how come you can't let me in? What happens when the pedophiles come in? Hey, well, if you're going to let them in, how come we can't come in? Before you know it, the bar is so low down. There is no bar. Nothing means anything anymore. Holy, holiness means nothing anymore. So if you don't hold to the standard, you have nothing. You don't have a church. It's just a, it's just a social group meeting. And you talk about a religion that you don't even really practice or believe. So we get back to this area where you had men of God like Leonard Ravenhill, men like Lester Sumrall, who said, went on record and said that they doubt if, if you know, you even have 10% out of 100, it, they doubted if even 10% of the church was actually saved and born again. Hmm. And so that's why we are in a very interesting time right now in American church history, particularly where you have a lot of people that are just fed up. They see all of this baloney and all of this, all of the politics in the church and all the games, and they're just like, well, 
You know, they think, well, I'll watch Pastor Stephen, I'll connect there, or I'll connect with another minister. Perhaps you may be connected with another minister, whatever the case might be. So um, that's why, like a person like myself, that's why I'm here. Uh, I catch a lot of people that have fallen through the gaps that have just been to a church. Maybe you found out that the priest was a child molester. Maybe you found out the pastor was uh, a cocaine addict. Maybe you found this or that, and you're just like, oh, I think I need a little break, Lord. <laughs> so it's nice and safe, right? I can, you can sit there and I can sit here and talk to you, minister to you, praise the Lord, and these types of things. And you'll come out and catch these meetings that I go to. You know, I'll be in, I'll be in San Antonio, March 10, 11th, and 12th. I, I don't just live like in an internet cloud, okay? I still come out, pray for people, lay hands on people. God does great signs and wonders and miracles for his glory. Amen. But these are the type of things that we do need to talk about so that God will receive you as a father. Mm. Very quickly, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Two years ago, Kelly and I were in Pennsylvania, and we stayed for a few days in a certain area, and there happened to be, um, you know, Pennsylvania, you have Hershey, Pennsylvania, so in order to have milk chocolate, you've got the chocolate, obviously, but you've got to have a lot of cows a lot of good dairy to create the milk. Anyhow, so there was the area we were in, there was a really large dairy facility, and there was an ice cream store that was owned by the large dairy company. Well, I haven't had like really good ice cream. I mean, I eat Haagen-Dazs or whatever. That's, that's really good. But we, Kelly and I went in and got an ice cream cone, each of us. I got chocolate. I can't quite remember what she got. But, um, wow, you're talking about good. And, uh, I mean, just like a, many, many times better than normal ice cream. Even if the, the brand at a store might be more expensive or the flavors technically could be better. It was, the ice cream there at the dairy was so fresh. Why? It's being uh, pulled from the milk that's coming in like that morning. So this is ultra fresh ice cream. And for those of you that have had ice cream like that with uh, real super fresh milk, you know that there's, there's no equivalent. And so here we are to desire as newborn babes the pure milk of the word. And that's how you grow, that you may grow thereby. Again, when I grew up out on a farm as a young boy in rural Mississippi, yeah, we had a big garden and stuff like that. But at four o'clock in the morning, my grandfather would go out and would milk the cows. Now, I did do that a few times with him, but I was not a big fan of getting up at four. <laughs> oh, that was, you know, when you're a little kid, that's like, whoo, that's like super duper early. But I, I did it a few times and, and you know, you could uh, milk the cows and of course here come the kitty cats and you could squirt the milk all over the cat's face and the cats are all real happy and stuff like that. But it takes a lot of milking uh, to fill those jugs up, you know. So my grandfather had those big stainless steel jugs and he's doing, he's milking all the cows by hand. There was no machinery like there is today. You just hook it up and it does all of that automatically. No, this was like hand milking all the cows. But you know, the milk 
would be what's known as raw milks. It has not been pasteurized at all. Now, I understand on large-scale productions with milk, you probably need to pasteurize it or else you're going to have some germs or bacteria that could get in there, make people sick. And so, so on large-scale uh, like in the grocery store, all the milk is pasteurized. It's been heated to kill off any bad bacteria. But when you drink raw milk that has not been pasteurized, I mean, the only thing that we would do with it is we would take it and pour it through a cloth. That's it. And uh, wow, I mean, you're talking about thick, but again, ultra, ultra rich and super good. Now, this is what this is talking about. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Look, I don't like low-fat milk. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's good for... I, I, I don't care. I don't like low-fat milk. I, I don't want 2% milk. And um, I can drink whole milk. Okay, I can handle whole milk. But even whole milk is not anything close to raw milk. And I'm not saying you need to go out and drink that, okay? Sometimes you can get used to it, like I did, where even if there is maybe... a. Uh, Maybe the can wasn't cleaned super good. Maybe a little microbe got on it. Okay, your stomach can handle that if you're used to that. And we, me and my brothers and mom and dad, yeah, that's, that's what we were drinking all the time. Wow, is that stuff ever good? Um, but that's what you need spiritually. You need the pure milk of the word. That's, that's what that is talking about. It's not talking about store-bought, low-fat milk that's almost like water. But when you get the real thing, it says, you may grow thereby. Please, preachers, tell me the truth. That's what I wanted to know as a young person. But a lot of times it wasn't told. Maybe they thought, well, hey, if we, t if we teach it, we'll lose, we'll lose members. The truth is, is that if you tell people the truth, you will actually build them up and God will build this church and thus membership actually goes up. Mm -mm. Praise God. Glory, glory to the Lord. I had a wild encounter with the Lord one time, a vision. When I say wild, it's like, you know, when you see the Lord, um, he's raw truth. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Get upset at the head of the church? It is what it is. If he says this, this is something, I mean, it's just, he's hundred percent truth. Now he can say it in a nice way, but it's, it can be like jolting sometimes because you, you stop and think, and meditate on what he said, and you're like, wow, that's, was that ever the truth? Well, I had a, 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 one time in a vision, I had an encounter with the Lord, and he told me, he told me a few things about my ministry, and then he told something to me, one of those like real, like blunt type statements. He said, some of the things you've gone through, he said, I don't hold you fully responsible because you were never taught. You were never taught how to live in, these, in this area, how to handle these things. You were never taught. And I thought, you know, later, uh, it stunned me when he said it to me. And later, after the vision ended and I thought more about it, I thought, wow, was that ever true? I wish a preacher would have told me that. I wish, I wish, I wish a preacher would have told me that when God said, do not be unequally yoked with non-believers, that if you do it anyhow, it's going to really come back on you in a bad way. I, w I wish a preacher would have just told me things like that. I wish a preacher would have told me to live holy so that you can walk in a relationship with your father where he actually uh, over uh, takes care of your life and just adds things into your life and he, he's he's behaving like a father to you but if you defile yourself and you touch those things that are impure then there's blockage praise the lord so i'm glad that we can jump into god's word and 
in, in the midst of a culture that is in moral rot and decay, we can hold to the truth and celebrate God's word and walk in the light and be protected. How about this? Be protected from all of the, the monsters, all of the predatory animals that are out there. Okay. And those people are under strong demonic influence to do those evil things, to look for these evil forms of gratification. But God will protect us. God will protect those that we pray for. Amen. And I believe that we will see the glory of God. And God's glory is going to get on you, on the church, with such illumination, with such blessing, that the nations and the peoples of the world will look to the church as the only entity in the earth having the solutions to deal with the problems that are ravaging the nation, that, are, that has the ability to, to overcome the challenges that would be presented. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. But my friends, you want to live in a way that honors the Lord. We do know from the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, that it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Why? Because the vines, they have these choice grapes. And that's just what those little critters want to eat. And, you know, we've got a, we have an apple tree, we have a fig tree, and it seems like just when the fruit is starting to get really nice, uh, you can go to sleep and the next morning wake up, it's all gone. The deer came and ate everything, ate every fig, ate every apple, ate all the cherries off my cherry tree. <laughs> Maybe I can be another St. Francis and just feed the animals. Well, I want to bless the animals, but I really wish they wouldn't eat my cherries. I'm probably going to have to put a net or something over the tree. But anyhow, my friends, it's like that in our lives. Sometimes maybe it's not even these big yucky things. Sometimes it can be these small things where these little foxes are getting in because of little things. You know, you could, for example, you could be watching me on YouTube and, you know, and you could look over to the side and you could see videos that just pop up by, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, just stuff gets fed, okay? And you could see something over there that, I mean, if it's there, you can't help but see it. But it could be an, an allurement, an enticement to look at something that you shouldn't look at. And here's the thing about the enemy. Uh, clicking on that stuff, is, it's like getting on a bus, and the devil is the bus driver. You get on the bus, but you, you don't want to go far, maybe just a block, because you just kind of want to... Uh, go a short distance with the devil and you only want to pay a little bit and go a short distance but it never works like that does it oh, Pastor Stephen I'm, I'm going to click it I'm only going to watch it for like 40 seconds I, that's all I'm going to watch it but it's like getting on the bus with the devil the next thing you know you want it to get off in two minutes um, but he doesn't let you get off he's got you on there and the ride is now picking up pace and you can't get off now now he's going to charge you more than what you ever wanted to pay. He's going to take you farther than what you ever wanted to go. And by the time you get off, you're like, hey, I've watched, I've done watched 10 videos. That one just led into this one. And oh Lord, the next thing you know, he's defiled you. Be very careful with these little foxes that try to spoil the fruit of the spirit that is coming forth in your life. Watch out. 
Watch out. They, these little things are everywhere. And so often, if you can just clean that up, listen, I, I, I like YouTube in the sense because I like video. It helps me to learn, I think, for me more effectively. But some people just like to listen. And, you know, by the way, if you want to skip commercials, if you want to skip other uh, stuff that would pop up on the side, I mean, you can watch all of my videos are also on live stream. I mean, hardly anybody watches them over there. Maybe like five people <laughs> watch maybe one video, but we put them there mainly also as a, um, it's actually kind of, uh, it's almost like a server. I mean, there's probably... I think there's about 900 and something videos just sitting over there. We put them there. And think over there, they're also not really edited like the way we put them up on YouTube. But if you want to go somewhere where there's no commercials, you could watch them. You could watch them over there. Or you could watch them on, you know, some of these podcast platforms that we have. Or you could watch them there, but you could actually listen there. Okay. So if that's a problem area, there's other solutions to work around. But watch out for these little foxes that um, try to get in there and, mess you up, you know, watch out with th things like music, because um, that, that, that is a real challenge. Look, music can be sinful, but sound beautiful at the same time. You all know what I'm talking about. Music can be very evil and wicked and have the most beautiful, attractive beat with a real catchy hook. Uh, and maybe it's even a style of music that you might like, but wow, if you listen to that, that's another way that the devil tries to bring defilement. Here's the sign of a healthy spirit. When you wake up in the morning and there's a song from the Lord that just starts bubbling up. Oh, you're on the right track. Glory to God. You start getting songs. Uh, that, that means you're, you're consuming the pure milk of the word and you're getting fed up and you're crowding out anything else. <laughs> you're like a fish in the salt water. He's in the salt water, but it, the salt water is not in him. You could catch him. Uh, you could catch a fish in the Pacific Ocean and pull him out and uh, prepare him to be uh, and eat him, and he doesn't taste salty. But yet he was in that, but it was not in him. Praise God. So you can be in this world, and you can live clean, and you can live a life that glorifies the Lord, but you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful all the time. Some places don't go into them. Well, I'm very curious. D don't, don't go there you're probably going to see something or hear something that you're not supposed to. And the enemy would love to slime you real good, especially uh, if you're in a, in a time where you really need your faith to be high. Pray, And of course, I think pretty much we need to keep it up there all the time. All right, so go to work. Consume the pure milk of the word and drink it down. Amen. God's going to bless you real good. God's going to be a father to you in a way that you know. He's with you. You know God's with you in the most unusual ways. He'll do things for you that it's almost like, like your dad did that for you. But it's your heavenly father because he knows what you like, and, um, and he'll do it sometimes without you even asking some of these special things. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you bless your people today, that they will not only be aware of your blessings, the showers, the protection, the garden, uh, protection during famine, all of these things, Father, but also, Father, they will not touch that which is impure. They will come out from amongst any form of hedonism, any form of, uh, of darkness that will come out of it. Father, we praise you. Father, strengthen your people so that they can protect from the little foxes. Thank you. Let them, let, let them get the fence up.
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Mm, I can't help but say it. My wife and I always get a kick after Super Bowl is over with. We always get a kick from the Christians who cry and proclaim how awful the halftime show was. And we're like, uh, what did you expect it was going to be? Like a holy performance glorifying God? Of course it was going to be absolute, complete filth. What did you think it was going to be? Why were you watching it? <laughs> They're going to serve you garbage because that's what they eat. <laughs> I can't believe Pastor Stephen, they had those singers out there and they didn't have any clothes on. Well, that's what the world wants. If you want a real big dose of it, go watch the Olympics, which is pretty much known now as the underwear Olympics, because that's all they do. Men and women running around in nothing but their underwear. Hmm. Wow. Before you know it, maybe we'll get it all the way back to the way the original Greeks practiced it in the first early Olympics where the men actually competed with nothing on. Yes, Pastor Stephen, that's what the world wants. That's exactly what they want. I hope you don't go along with it start watching it too. There's been certain sports, particularly certain women's sports that had very, very low attendance in ages past, particularly like women's track and uh, women's volleyball and har hardly anybody in the stands to watch them. And somebody got a real smart idea and suggested to the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, how they can get the sponsorship up and the stands filled up real quick. How, how, how did they do that, Pastor Stephen? Just have the women take almost all their clothes off. Yeah, have them run around in little spandex. Uh, have them run around like a sport bra and little underwear. And just have them run around with no clothes on. And sure enough, look at all those men now in the bleachers looking at that volleyball game. It's probably one of the most boring things you ever watched. But look at all those men watching, not volleyball, watching the women hardly with no clothes on. Beach volleyball and all, all, all that stuff I gave up years ago. Why? I don't want to see naked people running around. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, you're legalistic. Hey, when we get to heaven, let's just see how it all works out. If that's how you think, well, let's just get to heaven. We'll, cross, we'll all cross the finish line eventually, and we'll just see how it all works out. Amen. As for me, I'm coming out of all of that hedonism, Babylonian system of... Uh, Stuff like that. Don't want anything to do with it. And I'll be honest, I don't miss it. Mm -mm. There is a point where it breaks, it falls off of you, and you don't miss it. I didn't even know who won the Super Bowl until I actually heard some people saying, oh, a prophecy will be fulfilled. The Chiefs won. And I thought, oh, I didn't even know who was in it. Okay, well, at least now I know who won. You just lose interest in that, as if it matters for the sake of eternity. You know, some people say it does. That's because these are physical things, and it's all going to pass away, though. It's all going to pass away. Praise God. Amen. Well, I've talked long enough. Uh, let me give those who don't know Jesus an opportunity to come through the door and receive eternal life. The door is Jesus. If you would like to repent of your sins and come to the Lord and have him wash all your sins away and give you a new life, that I want you to pray this prayer. But before we do, if there's any backslidden Christian, you know what I mean by that? You used to serve God. Now you're off in the pig pen like the prodigal son, slopping around in the mud and all of the defilement of sin. But you found out that, hey, 
Now that I've engulfed myself with it, um, it's kind of starting to wear off. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. The whole thing was a lie. The big smoke screen, wasn't it? Come back right now to the Lord. He'll forgive you. Okay. Those who want to get right with God, those uh, who want to get rededicated to the Lord, please pray this prayer now. Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from all of my sin. I give my life to you. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, the righteous will shine as stars forever and ever. Not the filthy, not the dirty, not the things that are considered an abomination in the eyes of God, but the righteous will shine as stars for all eternity. Glory to God. Oh, there's beauty and holiness. What will be upon the miter of, the, of, of those in the time of the Lord's reign for a thousand years? It says upon the miter of the high priest, holiness unto the Lord. Mm, not perversion and dirtiness. Holiness unto the Lord. It'll be on all the pots. It'll be on all kinds of stuff. It'll be on the bridles of horses. It'll be all over the place. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Trying to get you ready for heaven. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Mm. Here's my final little note. If you want to walk in these blessings and have the hundredfold return, you will have a hundredfold persecutions. You'll have some say you're legalistic. You'll have some say that you're an extremist. You will have some say that um, you don't have to live like this. You know, you can live however, whatever. But if you want the hundredfold blessing, I mean, you want to see God as your father with proofs manifesting everywhere, then don't worry about the persecutions. Those things will be there. People will talk behind your back. People might laugh at you. People might post some things and put some nasty comments on your social media. Who cares? Just move on with God. Stay close to the Lord. Pray for those people, but move on. Move on. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We've set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is his flesh. And as we receive his, his flesh, we thank you for strength. Strength in the last days strength to not compromise or give in to evil in any measure. Father, I pray for your people that are watching now that they be very attentive to the small areas where the little foxes have been making a mess of their garden. I pray, Father God, that they get those areas pulled tight and you're going to show yourself as a father to them in ways they've never seen before. Thank you, Father. We receive the Lord's body. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Mm. Praise God. Wow. 
That's also why some Christians are weak. They hardly ever take communion. Twice a year? Wow. Mm, praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we can take communion as, as often as we want. We can take it daily. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we know that Jesus was the only sinless man. And so we thank you for his blood cleansing us now from all sin, washing us. We just thank you, Father God. We forgive anybody that has sinned against us. We, we bless them in the name of the Lord. We pray for them. And Father, we move on looking towards you. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power to keep us in such a time as this. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise God. We live in a time that in some ways is a lot like ancient Rome. A lot of paganism, a lot of idolatry. Not necessarily with people bowing down the statues of rock and, uh, and wood, but more so worshiping all kinds of other type things. We live in a day where the, where the ancient gladiator is now the professional sports figure competing in a stadium filled over 100,000 people and uh, banging their brains out and killing brain cells and uh, having head trauma and all kinds of other things solely for the sake of temporary uh, reward and gain. But my friends, God wants us to walk close to Him. And as we make these efforts to go after God, to tighten things up, as we go after God in a special way, He will be a Father to you in a special way. I see the things of the world going, uh, becoming strangely dim. Amen. And the glory of God and the love of God becoming very, very warm within your heart, even hot, flaming hot. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name until we meet again. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. And please note, if you would like to bless this ministry through your giving, that information is now on the screen. You can text your gift in. You can go online or you can mail a gift in. Thank you so much for supporting this ministry. God bless you. Bye-bye.